this is, uh, I have a feeling this goes, uh, this is dedication, long distance dedication from Jim to Florida State. <laughs> we got a letter from Jim, Tallahassee, Florida, and it starts your gig. Let's get to uh, David Hill now with ESPN.com joining us with a little go your own way, bringing us into this conversation about Florida State and the ACC. Good afternoon, sir. Always right on schedule and right on brand with the song. I, I almost went with uh, Al Green's Let's Stay Together, but I thought, no, no, no. <laughs> this is more Excellent. appropriate. Oh, my goodness. It, it, here's the, f- the first question I want to ask you, and as we mentioned earlier in the show, David's got a piece up on ESPN.com that's kind of a deep dive into what the Florida State Athletic Director was talking about last week. You know, this grant of rights, th- this sticky little subject that keeps coming up with ACC expansion talk, has anybody actually ever laid eyes on this document? <laughs> Uh, great question. Yes, people have. Uh, and in fact, uh, you know, a number of schools have sent teams of lawyers to go and investigate it. But the document itself is held in Greensboro at the ACC's offices. And it is very specifically not released from there because they don't want copies of it getting out. They don't want the average person to know what the hell is in it. Uh, they don't want it to be uh, accessible via Freedom of Information Act. They don't want uh, schools being able to mess with it too much. They want to know when someone is coming to take a look at it, which I'm sure isn't awkward at all. You know, when a team of lawyers <laughs> knocks on your door. Sounds like a congressional bill. Think nothing of it. Just, you know, routine maintenance we're doing here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's more or less what it is. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just so weird. Well, you know, as far as the dollar figure that was thrown out there, an estimated $120 million to as, as an exit fee, not getting into the grant of rights portion of it. Is, is Would that be a realistic number in your mind? Yeah, so there's a lot that sort of is at play if you're trying to figure out what would it cost to get out of the ACC. Um, the bare minimum is $120 million-ish, uh, which is three times annual revenue, uh, which is about $40 million a year. Uh, so that would be what you would pay just to be able to leave, to say, see you later. Um, that is something that the schools themselves asked for. This is That's written into their agreement with the league. So that's bare minimum. Then you get into the question of what happens then. You don't have any rights to your media, so you could not broadcast games, potentially. You could not earn revenue from broadcasting games, certainly unless you can get out of that grant of rights. There are a few ways that that could potentially happen. One is that you reach some sort of mutual agreement to leave the ACC that the ACC is okay with because they don't want to hold you hostage. That would not come cheap. Um, Theoretically, let's say they bought out the remaining years of their media deal. You're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 to 400 million dollars. That's a non-starter. Then you could say, we're going to go to court. We're going to fight this. Maybe there's a way out. And that's what Michael Alfred says. Hypothetically, we could get out for that $120 million. That's what he's talking about. Maybe you could go to court and fight this. A, that won't be cheap or pleasant or easy. And B, there's absolutely no guarantee that you would win. It would be a long, drawn-out, ugly process. Uh, and the, the grant of rights is written to keep schools where they need to be. This was When, when it was written... That's what these schools wanted. They wanted it to be as much of a sure thing as they, you could possibly make it under the law because they, did, they needed assurances that nobody was leaving. Um, so, 
it would be hard to do that. Assuming that you could, then, okay, maybe there is some sort of, of, of exit strategy. But I think you know, from what I've talked to, the, the, the folks that I've talked to who have looked into it, kicked the tires on it, there are theories about how they might fight it, but there is absolutely no magic bullet, no loophole in the agreement that somebody found that provides an obvious, clear exit strategy. Well, and, and here's my question, David. Uh, let's say they find uh, Florida. We'll just say Florida State and Clemson. They 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 find a way out. They're free agents, so to speak. What conferences are going to want those two schools? Right. So that's another big piece to this puzzle, and one that that several ads have made clear to me is that it can't just be that you want to leave. It's got to be that you have somewhere to go, and not just somewhere. It has to be the Big Ten or the SEC. Otherwise, it makes no sense to leave. So the answer would be. I don't know. I think the Big Ten is a very realistic option for a number of schools in the ACC. And by that, I would say maybe Virginia, maybe Georgia Tech, maybe Miami, certainly North Carolina, probably Florida State. Um, the, the reason is, obviously, those all pre- present an ob- avenue to expand the footprint of the Big Ten, to add... Uh, more value to the Big Ten network, to drive up recruiting opportunities. There's tons of upside for the Big Ten to adding those teams. Um, Does the Big Ten want to do that? How much does it uh, impact the Big Ten's bottom line? Is Fox on board with that? Uh, Would it involve adding enough extra content that they can get back into negotiating with ESPN for uh, additional game coverage? All of these are big questions that loom large because the Big Ten doesn't have a commissioner right now. Kevin Warren, before he left to go to the NFL, was eager to rattle some cages and say, yes, we want to expand. Yes, we want to be aggressive. From what I'm told, presidents within the league are not quite as enthusiastic about that. And it'll be very interesting to see who the next commissioner is and what their approach to that is, who they're listening to in terms of what the Big Ten wants to do. If you take the Big Ten out of the picture, I think North Carolina would still have a a home in the SEC. Um, does anybody else? I don't know. I think that's a genuine question because uh, what's the value to the SEC in adding another team from South Carolina, another team from Georgia, another team from Florida, or maybe two? Um, you know, I think there's people within the SEC who have long memories and remember Florida State thumbing their nose at the SEC 30 years ago and are Bingo. happy to tell them to go kick rocks. Yeah. So, look, there's, there's – um, I don't, you know, again, there are so many moving pieces to this, so many things that would have to fall into place to make it happen that I think speculating about what it looks like down the road is almost pointless. What I think you're getting with a lot of the the public comments from ADs and certainly the the behind-the-scenes comments is that they view a financial runway of three to five years right now in which they can reasonably be expected to keep pace uh, on the field with, the Big Ten and the SEC. Beyond that, it's anyone's guess as to how they survive. And when it becomes a game of survival, not just a game of, well, we need a new building, we need some more money for our NIL collective, whatever, then you've got an absolute Pandora's box that's opened up. Uh, David, this is Steve. Does Florida State even have the money (laughs) for the buyout? I mean, have they finished paying off Willie Taggart yet? I mean, right. That's kind of one of the reasons they had to get Mike Norvell, right? Is because they didn't have <laughs> this the money. A a great point, uh, and one that no shortage of ACC folks uh, outside of the big schools we need money spectrum 
noted is that, um, hey, you know, Florida State and Miami have had some money given to them and have not done an exactly great job of spending it Correct. Uh, thoughtfully or wisely. So, look, this is, I mean, this is part of the conversation, too. It's like, you know, maybe you don't need all this money to, to win if you do it smartly. But, uh, look, Clemson has been very smart with its money. Uh, and it, it and and I've talked to Graham Neff, the AD down there, about the pinch that they're they're feeling already, and how much worse that gets. And then the other big looming cloud on the horizon is what the courts are going to say ultimately about amateurism at large. If it becomes a point where players are considered employees and schools need to start paying them directly, the financial model gets upended. And the SEC and the Big Ten are in perfectly good position to handle that upending of the financial model. The ACC is not. And I think that becomes another big thing. It's not just about can we build a building here or can we get uh, our, our offices rehabbed or can we fire our coach. It's about player acquisition, and that will become a big, big, big concern. David Hill of ESPN.com joining us here on the program and David another thing that's been talked about is the uh, un- an uneven revenue share similar to what the Big 12 had before they lost Texas and Oklahoma but I mean if if the ACC goes that model don't they have to look at what happened with the Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma <laughs> leaving anyway yeah. it's funny how you phrase that sentence because that's exactly <laughs> the point it's I, and I I've talked to several ADs who have said like we can do all of this right let's go through all the rigmarole and all the trouble to do it and give them an extra three million dollars a year maybe is that keeping anyone here absolutely not so what are we doing it for why are we taking money out of our own pockets for schools that are going to leave anyway um that is the topic of conversation now i have talked to other ad's at some of these bigger schools who have said look it's about the principle this league has far too long had a number of teams that simply don't give a damn about winning at football they are not invested in it the way that we are and if they're either not going to invest in it, then great, give us more of the money so we can win. Or they are going to invest, fine, that makes the product better, maybe we can go ask ESPN for more money because we're better. But right now, the, the situation is that Clemson and Florida State and Miami and, and, and a few others are trying to win at a high level, and a whole lot of other ones are looking for uh, the best return for not necessarily winning a bunch of games. Is, David, is there a chance at any point in the next 10, 20 years, we get to a place where this is just settled and the teams are in the conference they're going to be in for the long haul, or is this just going to be a constant conversation now in college football? It's a, I mean, honestly, I don't know. That's the short answer. I don't yeah. know. Um, I think if, if you were to say, like, all right, put money on what you think this is going to look like, I think we get to a point in five to ten years where we have two super conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC, Uh, I think if all of this is about money, which quite frankly it is, at some point after you're done acquiring, you want more money still, and you start asking, well, how do we trim fat, maybe? And then you start wondering why you're giving Vanderbilt and Indiana the same amount of money that you're giving Ohio State and Alabama. Uh, That would be an interesting turn of events. It is certainly possible. We could see a third-party entity. Maybe it's the college football playoff. Maybe it's some organization we don't even know about yet that would form in the future that essentially sets up an NFL type model that says we're going to go out and get the 36 best schools in the country and form our own league. Um, all of these things are, are possible. I mean, there was a time not that long ago where the idea of conferences was not a necessary uh, thing in the first place. They were sort of an ancillary idea and, and Florida state and Penn state and 
Syracuse and Notre Dame and tons of other teams played as independents. Um, a lot can change. A lot can change. A lot is changing within the media markets and how uh, sports are consumed. A lot is changing within the economic model of college football and how we view athletes. Um, a lot is changing in the, in the avenue of higher education and what expenses are there. There are just a million moving pieces, and college football is, a, is an economic model that is unlike anything else in the world. And so trying to predict exactly what's going to happen 10 years from now, 20 years from now, boy, if you can do it, good for you, because I think it's, it is an absolute mess and anything could happen. Good stuff, David. We always appreciate the time and the insight, man. Have a great weekend. Thanks, David. No problem. Good talking to you guys.